On a flutter, we are careful to ensure that all patient stories comply with healthcare privacy laws. Details may have been changed to ensure patient confidentiality. All views expressed are those of the person speaking and not their medical institution. Hey everyone, welcome to A Flutter, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of the love lives of those pursuing a medical career. I'm your host, Anna Kulawick, and let's get started. So with me today, I have not one but two guests. It's my first couple interview featuring Alessandro, one of my classmates at medical school, and his partner, Megan. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you both and get to know you more. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks a lot for having us, Anna. Yeah, of course. So I know very little about your relationship other than the fact that you have a relationship. Um, So could you just like tell me more? Tell me more about it. Ali, you want to start? Yeah, I can start. Uh, so uh, me and Megan have actually been together for about six years. Uh, wow. And yeah, it goes back to uh, college. So Megan is originally from uh, Durham. So mm-hmm. she's, she's a local here in North Carolina. And she went to UNC. Uh, that's actually where we met at the time I was doing a... Um, I was actually in college as well. She was in, in college there. And uh, we've been together for quite a few years now uh, through my master's program through med school. And now she's in a graduate program, actually, at Case Western Reserve uh, up in Cleveland in Ohio. So we're doing, we've been doing long distance for about two years. Two and a half. And a half about. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty much what you have. We ended up like meeting through mutual friends. So one of my really good friends at the time was dating a guy who was friends with Alessandro. And we ended up at this house party together the same night. We ended up like, oddly enough, I was sitting down with my friend and her boyfriend and someone had put Smash Brothers on like a really old Nintendo 64 on a video game in the living room. And so we sat down and just started playing. And then like, I like I recognized that someone sat down next to me and was starting to play. And then you know how like it kicks people out as people start dying. So I guess at the end, it was just me and Alessandro, which I didn't realize at the time. And then once the game was over, I ended up beating him somehow. I have no clue really how to play this game. Like I'm not good at video games. I was just pressing all the buttons. So then the game, really, I was not really. and then I look over and I'm like, oh, there's a person next to me that I don't know. And like, we kind of just started talking from there and like really hit it off from there. But it was just, I feel like, I love that that's like how we met. It cracks me up and I love telling that story. <laughs> that's really cute. Wow. Wow. That is really funny, actually. Yeah. Clearly, I was not very focused on the game at that point. What's that? Yeah, 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 pretty good. You know, that was it was it was really funny, actually, I, I just sat down so casually. And then I think we started talking. Uh, and it's true, we met through a mutual friend. So my my good friend um, was dating Megan's uh, really good friend. And uh, it was very serendipitous, actually, not planned. Definitely. Oh, that's great. 
So it's not like these mutual like friends who were dating tried to set you two up. No, not no. at all. <laughs> not at all. I literally was just going to have like a fun girls' night with my friend, and like we were going with her boyfriend, obviously, but like we were just there to like hang out, have a good time, and then go back the next day. We had plans to, like go like get brunch or go shopping. I don't know. It was just like a girls' mm-hmm. weekend, and it was just very like yeah, like Alex said, like very serendipitous almost. That that's how we ended up meeting. <laughs> I love that. I love that. It's like very classic college meeting, I feel. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that's so cute. Okay, so you met that way. And then was it just kind of like college sweethearts from there? Um, yeah, I guess what what did the like burgeoning relationship look like? Yeah, so it kind of, so I think when when we met, you also were only actually in town for a few more weeks because you were about to leave to go visit your family in Italy for about a month. So we hung out quite like a few times before he left and he was like, oh yeah, like I'm going like, we'll like talk here and there. He he ended up texting me every single day, which like I did not expect. Like I kind of thought, oh, like he's going to go off on a trip. I'm never going to hear from this person again because like obviously we just met life gets busy like things happen like I didn't really have any expectations like I definitely knew like oh I like this person I want to like keep talking to him but I knew that like going on vacation to Italy of all places like visiting your family like I didn't know anything about you at that point I was like you're gonna be wrapped up so I didn't really expect anything from it but then I think like while he was gone that it was almost was it like a month you were gone that time yeah I was gone for about a month, actually. Yeah, so the fact that, like, he made the effort to, like, still text and, like, FaceTime me sometimes, like, it's still, like, texting at least every single day. I was like, oh, okay, well, like, this is nice. So then I think once you got back from your trip, we kind of settled in a little bit more and started hanging out a lot more. But I don't think we actually, like, defined the relationship for about, like, two and a half months. We kind of just, like, took our time, like, got to know each other, really, like, spent a lot of, like, good quality time and then – he ended up finally deciding to define the relationship. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So Alessandra, while you were in Italy during that time, like, I guess what was going through your mind? Uh, What was going through my mind? Uh, So I would say, so I met Megan, right? It it was really funny in a way because it was right as I was about to to leave for Italy. That's another factor when I am mentioning the fact that it was completely unplanned. Uh, And so of course, I was spending time with my my family, friends that were there. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to keep in contact with her. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Uh, and I think I, I shared a lot of what I was doing uh, there with you. I yeah. sent you pictures from the yeah, Coliseum, like Rome, whenever I went to, to travel, maybe south of Naples. Uh, and I was... I was looking forward to still coming back and, and hanging out uh, more. I'd say that's a little bit of an odd situation at times to be in because you've just met someone and usually those first couple of weeks or when you really get to know someone or first couple of months. And mm-hmm. if you can imagine a transition in which you've just met someone that you like uh, and you've talked to them now for two, two, three weeks, but then all of a sudden you're leaving the continent for an extended <laughs> amount of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you're coming back. It's a, it's a little bit of a, a an unusual situation to be in, but I, I try to keep in contact and just talk to you as much as I could because that's yeah. that's what I you know that's what I enjoyed. 
Yeah. I remember like he literally, I think your plane landed like 10 PM one night and he was like, okay, where do I meet you? And we like <laughs> met out and hung out. Like it was, it was so funny. We like, we had plans to meet like the moment you got back into the States. It was so I like, I definitely saw, I was like, okay, this person's like making a lot of effort, like really wants to spend time with me. So I was very excited for you to be back and for us to like kind of see where things went. And obviously they went very well. <laughs> That is so sweet. And I'll, so I was just listening to some other dating podcast because that's what I do in my free time besides making these podcasts. Um, and they were talking about like, you know, why is it in an early relationship guy goes on a trip and he only Snapchats me? Like, why doesn't he actually text or FaceTime? He's just snapping me. Like, what's up with that weird behavior? So now like that juxtaposed to what Alessandra was doing I was like oh my gosh like texting I will say you definitely used Snapchat too like but we had all <laughs> the communication going it wasn't just Snapchat yeah, okay. yeah. I had more than Snapchat you know to be fair to Snapchat kind of gave you like the view of everything that I was seeing yeah. no I liked it because whenever something was happening or like you were seeing something you would like send it to me right then through like Snapchat or whatever but you would be texting me simultaneously so it was cool <laughs> Wow. Incredible. That That's great. And Alessandro, for the listeners who don't know you, you mentioned you have family in Italy, but you are also like from Italy, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from Rome, born and raised in Rome and actually Naples as well uh, for a period of time. I, uh, I grew up there until I was about 13. Uh, that's when I moved to the state. So Italy is, is home for me in pretty much every way. Uh, my, my immediate family's here. My parents are here. My grandparents, my uncles, my childhood friends, everyone else is over there. Uh, and I definitely try to get a chance to go back whenever I can. Um, so yeah, I, this was one of the years uh, in which I had the opportunity to go back over the summer. And it's something that I've been trying to do uh regularly med school makes it a little bit more challenging uh mm -hmm. as you know this year might not be a year for example where i have the chance to go back in the summer um but i'm actually planning to go back in december so i will oh. be going back yeah and not that long mm -hmm. uh, and megan has been actually coming with me to italy for the past how, how many years are we going to have four years now Four years, yeah, because we missed 2020. So every other year except 2020, we've gone together in the yeah. summer. So except that first year where we met and yeah, I left the for first a year that we met. Yeah. Every year after that, minus the COVID year, she was yeah. joined on the trip. Yeah. So wow, fun. that's great, Megan. What it, what has it been like for you going back? And it's not just like you're on a trip to Italy, but it's yeah. like meet the family. In yeah, Italy. we'll go like we'll go for like three weeks to a month at a time. So it's. Wow. It's nice because we'll really get to like settle in and get into like a routine. But no, I think I remember the first year I went, like I had never traveled outside of the country. So this was like my first big trip. Like I remember I was so freaking excited and just being <laughs> able to go and like meet his family that I had heard so much about. They're some of the most kind and genuine human beings I've ever met in my life. Like I adore his family there. Um, and they're just so inviting and like they took me, like took us in, like we stay at their, like the house and they like take us around to do stuff. And I don't know, it's just, it's a really great time. But I think it's, it's definitely different because we get to go for so long. And I'm also like 
mm-hmm. there with people like that's their life like this is where they live so I feel like I get to experience like the culture and the country in a much more genuine way because we get to do that so I've been so grateful for being able to learn more about Italy and like their culture and everything and so it's become mm-hmm. a big part of our relationship like learning more about that because I had no exposure to that previously so it's it's been awesome I've liked it Let's say the, the first time you came was like your, your Lizzie McGuire experience <laughs> yeah. going to Rome. Definitely. I, I, sure. I need to do the coin, the coin toss. So <laughs> oh, yeah. like yes. go, going on the scooter, like doing all the, the things. things uh, were mandatory for the first trip. <laughs> yeah. nope. But to be fair, you've learned a lot more over the years too, uh, aside from just it's important to have that tourist experience and do all the cool things, but you also got to see what my, my family, my friends, you've met most of my friends, really almost actually all my friends in Italy, my childhood friends and gotten to see what people are like on a day to day basis there, Mm -hmm. which is a big part of who I am in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think after, especially after going the first time I thought, I felt like I not, I already knew also on a very well, because the first time we went, we'd been dating for almost a year, but I think I just had like a deeper understanding of like his background. And again, like his culture and just, it helped me like get to know him at an even deeper level. And I just remember like, once we got back to the ship, I was like, Oh my God, I love you so much. Even. I love you so much more now. <laughs> like so like stupid and silly, but like, it is true when you get to like experience where someone came from, cause I'm from Durham. Like he was seeing that every day. Like this is where I grew up. Mm-hmm. But, like, being able to see where he grew up was special for sure. That is so sweet. I love the the Lizzie McGuire <laughs> comparison. Um, but yeah, that that makes so much sense. Like it, it's not just like meeting the friends and family, but it's understanding the context in which this yeah. person developed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's like you can love the present version of them, but also understanding where they came from like mm-hmm. adds more to the picture. It really does. I think especially for for me, even some of the, the way in which I express myself, I do things like you need to kind of understand my background to know how I act and, and understand it within that context. Italian culture, you know, we're we're very loud, kind of like speak our mind pretty openly a lot of times. And so I, I think seeing that uh, within it, the context of who I was, who I grew up to be, and who my family is, uh, definitely is a more complete version of myself than just seeing me in the context of who I am in Durham or just who I am at Duke, for example, or who I am in that mm-hmm. context. It's it's more than that's certainly a part of who I am, but it's not my entire identity. And you got to mm-hmm. see both or all aspects really of my identity from that point of view. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's so important. I'm so glad you're able to experience that and like visit with him multiple times now yeah so will no. you be going this december as well no i actually won't because so i i graduate my from my graduate program here in cleveland actually my i think my last final is on december 14th and so he'll be mm-hmm. able to leave before that and so i have to move back to north carolina get mm-hmm. myself set up but i also have to take my boards exam in february and so this is like my key study time <laughs> so yeah. traveling for the whole month of december just mm-hmm was not going to be feasible. So I'm very yeah. sad and I'm going to be feeling all the FOMO, but I'm very, <laughs> I'm very happy that he's able to go back and see his grandparents because it's, it's a big deal to be able to go spend time with them just because they're getting older mm-hmm. and time is limited. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. it's going to be special for him to go back this Christmas because you haven't been 
for Christmas in 10 years. Is that right? I, I haven't seen it. Italy on Christmas, put up a Christmas tree in Italy, or really done any Christmas tradition in Italy for over 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be magical. And I know like diddly squat about Italian Christmases, but I can imagine how magical that'll be. Yes. I'm, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, a lot of traditions I go around it too, uh, mm -hmm. especially down in Naples. Uh, I think the best translation, so in Italian, we call it presepe, for example, which would be the, nati the nativity scenes, I think. Mm -hmm. and, and like the setup of the nativity scenes, there's a lot of live nativity scenes that are set up all around. Like the city, there's big traditions of uh, putting up uh, all of these nativity scenes in each household with little characters that everyone like hand paints or you can buy from small yeah. shops. There is super cute Christmas markets that are all around Rome, uh, Naples, small towns around Italy. Um, great, great food uh, that you can have that's specific to the Christmas time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I would say most importantly to me, it's just uh, also just being around the holidays with my, my grandparents and mm -hmm. You know, haven't done that in, in over 10 years, like I said, and being with them, I know they're super excited and uh, it'll be a nice break from, from medical school and just excited to be back with them for that. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that sounds beautiful. I'm so excited for you. <laughs> I'm excited yeah. for you too. <laughs> and Megan, you were mentioning the grad program that you're in and studying and all of that could, so we, we know Alessandro's in medical school and we know, we're like very familiar with that, but can you tell us more about like what you're doing? And yeah, so I am actually finishing up two degrees because Whoa, okay. like that. No. Um, so <laughs> I am, my primary degree is genetic counseling. So, um, mm -hmm. I, Genetic counseling, the programs are on like a match system similar to residency. So okay. when I was applying, I guess like two and a half, three years ago now, you applied a bunch of programs, they interview you, and then you rank the ones you interview at. So I ended up matching at Case and came here. And I knew that they also had a bioethics dual degree that they offer mm -hmm. with the program, which I definitely was interested in. It was definitely one of the reasons I applied to the program for it being an option, but I wasn't 100% sure it was something I wanted to do. And it's not something you have to commit to right away. So I really spent my first year kind of seeing how I felt about that. And since they have that dual degree, obviously there's a very strong bioethics component to a lot of our education. And after mm -hmm. having that exposure during my first year of the program, I was like, okay, like I really do think this is something I want to do because it just adds on one extra semester. So in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, okay, this will be a perspective that I can add to my genetic counseling practice that not many other genetic counselors are able to have. I think there's only, there's only one other program right now that does a bioethics dual degree as well. So it's a very mm -hmm. special and particular opportunity. And I also really became fascinated with the field of bioethics and how it intersects with genetic counseling. It's yeah. such a closely intertwined field. So being able to have that lens, I felt was really important. And so I had the opportunity to do it. So I was like, okay, I'll just tack on the extra semester and we'll do it. Um, but it's been fun and I've, I've really enjoyed it. And I, I love winters in Cleveland. So it was nice to have one more winter and like having the nice fall and everything. Um, but I am excited to be coming home in December. Mm -hmm. 
Wow, that's incredible. That is such a cool program. And I, I think the bioethics component does make a lot of sense mm-hmm. when thinking about genetics as well. So yeah. that's awesome that you have the opportunity to do yeah. both of that. Um, and then like, I guess, what does your career look like then mm-hmm. after now that you have these degrees? So I actually have a job back in North Carolina. So I'll be working mm-hmm. actually in Winston-Salem with one of the hospital mm-hmm. systems out there. I'm going to be doing the commute from Durham slash Chapel Hill, where All Saunders apartment is, um, just because we've, in our six years, we've never formally lived together. <laughs> like, we were <laughs> still an undergrad. We were like babies when we met. So obviously, yeah. we spent so much time. But I think I'm very excited to take that next step in our relationship and, like, actually move in and, like, settle into life a little bit more. Um so I will be doing the commute, but I like driving. I'm used to doing the nine-hour drive from Cleveland to Durham about once a month. So the idea of only a one-hour drive, I'm like, oh, like that sounds kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm very excited. I'm going to be working in cancer genetics, which was a specialty that like drew me into genetic counseling in the first place. So mm-hmm. I feel very blessed and privileged that I was able to get my first job in the field I'm very passionate about. And the team I'm going to be working with seems phenomenal and they're really excited to bring me on and train me as a new genetic counselor. So I honestly could not be more excited. Like today after finishing my thesis manuscript, I'm like, oh my God, it's real. Like I'm going to go work now. (laughs) Wow. That is so exciting. Like and what a cool field and like you have that dream job already. Just like congrats i guess that's awesome yeah no like the i I feel like i'm just getting more and more excited as it's getting closer i just i can't wait to be home back with all of my people and you know starting Mm -hmm. work and just like settling down and not stressing about Mm -hmm. 24 7. yeah understandable i know i'm just like thinking longingly about like oh to have a job what a dream it'll be a while for us it'll be a moment for us yeah we've got a minute still (laughs) It's okay. Um, but that's awesome. So you also mentioned like moving in together. Yeah. And I guess the new year. Like, I guess tell me more about that. Ali, how do you feel about it? I'll let you go first. <laughs> What's that? Uh, the the moving in? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. So in in most of the time that we have we've been together, I guess there was a time where we technically effectively almost yeah. lived together in college. But never uh, formally. Not, not formally. Yeah. yeah. Um and then you were gone for now the past two two or so years, two and yeah. a half years. So it'll it'll be nice to 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 be around each other on a on a daily basis. I'm also used to doing that nine hour drive now on a on a monthly basis, just about in between medical yeah. school classes. Whenever we get a weekend, uh, I if I'm gone, it's usually because I'm going to see Megan. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. I won't miss the nine hour drive to say it'll, it'll, it'll be nice to actually have you here. And then there is, you know, there's a lot more things that I think on a, just a day to day basis, I'll really enjoy being able to do with you. Yeah. Uh, I'll have Leo, which is going to wake me up at 5am in the morning. I'm just, just in time for my surgery rotations. Yeah. So Megan's cat has a perfect, you know, habit of waking up at like four or 5am and just waking up like an alarm clock exactly so uh yeah and then uh no it'll, it'll be nice to just be able to come home after rotations and and spend time together uh i know you'll be starting your job so it'll be uh, a little bit of a stressful time period i'll be in rotations but we'll, we'll have we'll have time together and i think that's 
of something I'm really looking forward to, especially as having that, that support system for you, your person uh, mm -hmm. being there, physically there with you. You don't necessarily need someone to be there with you to have a relationship in person. That's been us the past two and a half years, of course. Mm -hmm. But I think there's certainly something that if you have the opportunity, adds a lot to have someone physically there with you uh, when you come home after a long day. Uh, so that's really what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, mm -hmm. I feel very similarly. I think, again, yeah, we've like had a period where we've like effectively lived together, but it's never been like, okay, like we're merging all your stuff, all my stuff. Like this is our space. It's not like, okay, you're coming to my space. I'm coming mm -hmm. to your space. Like it's becoming our space that we share together. And I think just finally having the opportunity to like, yeah, again, like settle into life, come back home to your person every day and like share like the minute details of each day, like cooking dinner and like going to work out together or yeah. going grocery shopping together, which we do when I am home, but just to have that be like mm -hmm. standard every day. Like I'm so excited to finally do that again, especially like these past few times I've come back home this semester. Every time I leave, I'm like, Oh my gosh okay i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> so yeah. it'll it'll definitely be good mm -hmm. yeah I, I, since you mentioned decorating i've already been told a couple of things that <laughs> megan's gonna come on and already be like okay so maybe this is how we should re redecorate this part of your apartment alessandro <laughs> well, i'm like a little happy i have to move in while he's gone so i can just like do everything <laughs> and then he comes home and it looks beautiful and he can't question yeah. any, any of it yeah, I'm actually, that is something I'm definitely thinking about. I'm just leaving the apartment for about a month. How will it look like when I returned? I have great taste and you know it. All the decorations that are in there currently, I facilitated mostly. So That is true. To be fair, you did kind of order my a lot of my furniture. That is actually true. <laughs> I love that. Um, I was actually another relationship podcast that I was listening to recently was talking about a similar thing like having your long distance partner move into your place and what this lady did is before her partner moved in she like printed out and framed some pictures of her partner's family and like friends and like put it around the apartment or like their house as a way before the move even happened to make it seem like it's now more of our space than That's like really just cool. my space um so alessandro some some yeah. ideas like you because you do yeah. have so much free time as we're all aware yeah. we do have i do have a, a, a quite a, a good number of pictures actually of uh of us just everyone um i can definitely do that <laughs> megan actually gave me a really cool uh gift i think it was was it just this past month it was for our six-year anniversary in september yeah so about a month and a half ago uh, with a, a picture of us for about every year we've been together. Um, it makes it's like a six picture yeah. uh, frame that was really cool. Um, but definitely. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. So I guess now that you two are basically like almost at the point of getting to look back on your long distance period, um, I guess what have been. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm jealous so i'm currently in a long distance relationship mm -hmm. if y'all don't know my boyfriend he's yeah. in grad school like getting a phd in chicago yeah. okay. so we'll, we'll be doing four years um and yeah. you know part way through it so you guys are like almost at the other end of long distance so now that yeah. you can have this perspective i guess what of like some of the biggest challenges been for you two and also like your greatest successes 
in managing long distance while also in like really stressful and intense graduate programs. Yeah, I yeah. think biggest challenges. So the first year of my program, Alsander wasn't in medical school yet. He was like in the application cycle um, yeah. and working at the same time. So he had a lot more free time to come like visit. And even when he wasn't here, like he had a lot more free time just to like talk and communicate even like when I didn't really have as much free time. So I think like, honestly, our biggest challenges probably more so came in my second year when I was starting my clinical year, which is really busy. And he was starting first year of medical school. Mm -hmm. I think it definitely took us some adjustment time to be like, okay, we don't have as much time to like talk to each other, like on the phone every day. And like, that's okay. Like we're both busy, but I think like coming from that, our biggest successes is that we still made the time when we could, even if it was a lot less. So I think we make mm -hmm. a point to at least text each other every morning. If not, we call when we're on the way to something. You'll call when you're on the way to your rotation in the morning. And we always make a point to FaceTime together at the end of every day too. So I think just mm -hmm. like whenever we each had free time during the day, we were always like, hey, like, do you have time for a quick call? I think just the effort coming from both perspectives on that was definitely really vital. And then I think the other biggest advice that I've told other people about being in long-term relationships is always having a plan for when you're going to see each other next. Like, so like before mm -hmm. you're meeting, like the one time you're there, like, okay, like, so what does next month look like? Like, what's our plan? So you always have something to look forward to and you always know, like, it's not like you're leaving and you're like, oh God, like, I don't know when I'm going to see you again. Like, this is really yeah. sad. It's like, okay, no, like, I know I'm going to see you in three weeks, a month. And like, I can look forward to that. So I think but at least for me personally, that's helped a lot. Just kind of always like having that plan, like knowing what we're doing. And it kind of makes it seem like the time goes by so much faster because we'll make a plan like, okay, this is what's happening in November. And then you're home, like you're home for the holidays or like you're home for good. So I think at least from my perspective, those were the two big things. Yeah, I'd say on, on my end, in terms of uh, challenges uh, first, it's kind of what you said um, in a way. It's understanding uh, that you uh, you don't have, especially I think in, in my first year of medical school and in my clinical year now, I don't have as much time as I used to in some ways. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe talking as often as we, we used to becomes challenging. Uh, and that's okay. The point is, is like you said, kind of having a plan as to when... I have a free moment, I can call you on the way to my rotation. Even if I'm in internal medicine, I'm there from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. on a long call day, right? I'll call mm -hmm. you in the morning or I can call you when I'm out and just let you know how my, how my day went. Uh, I would say the other challenging aspect of things is also just seeing each other in person. That is, that is a, a, certainly a challenge, especially I think for people in the medical field and medicine and medical school, uh, because we don't have a lot of opportunities to have long weekends, for example, which makes mm -hmm. travel so much easier. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been, a ch I think, a challenge for us sometimes is trying to find, I try to carve out the time. Um, anytime we have a three-day weekend, anytime I can uh, drive up, and I've done, Megan, you know this, I've done so many late-night drives, actually, which maybe Lauren necessarily often, the myth. Most often uh, get here around 3 a.m. I have. I usually, so I, 
I drive from um, from Chapel Hill, Durham to uh, Cleveland. And when I drive there, sometimes I've definitely driven after classes uh, in the afternoon. That's a nine-hour drive. I get there late at night. But, uh, and, and I don't recommend necessarily everyone to do this, but if you <laughs> are able to and my point really behind that is to say that you've got to make an effort so yeah. kind of have whatever that looks like for you for me it was making an effort to try and and, and make the time in the short amount of time frame that i had um to come see you and i think we did we did pretty good with that pretty you know? good. I mean, yeah I, I was there pretty often uh i would say the things that worked uh, first off is having an understanding that you were you're in agreement with the other person's plan when you decide on a long distance relationship i think mm. that's vital because oftentimes for example our long distance relationship revolves around the fact that megan is, is pursuing her passion her career there in cleveland through her program her graduate program and, and i'm here obviously in medical school pursuing my career my passion at duke and you should respect the boundaries and the goals and the aspirations of the other person and commit to helping them both mm -hmm. grow together, you know, in that process. Um, I think having that as, as a key vital point of understanding then helps everything else fall into place and be easier moving forward. Uh, on a more uh, practical aspect of things, I think also what's, what's worked for us, and you mentioned it, is having a, a date that we set pretty much, even if it changes, you know, it's not a, a set in stone date that every time we hang out, we meet in person, we say, we're going to exactly meet at this day at this time. No, but just generally saying, Hey, I looked on my calendar. The next medical school break I have is in uh, four weeks. That's where I think I'll be able to drive up and I can see you then. And then it makes it easier to just have something to look forward to. Um, and also I think, being in communication with the other person and understanding that even if you're not there with them uh, physically, you can still be a support system or just talk to them whenever, mm -hmm. whenever they need uh, FaceTime, call whenever you can. Mm -hmm. um, those are all things that that worked for us over the mm -hmm. years. At this point. Yeah, I think you both are bringing up such good points. Um, Dylan and I do the same thing with like having the next date planned out for when you'll see each other. Otherwise, I feel like I just emotionally fall apart. I'm like, I'm never gonna see you again. Like, unless there's like a date set in stone. I completely agree. And Alessandra, I think you brought up a good point about like understanding the other person's like professional passions mm -hmm. and like boundaries about that as well um because i think sometimes a, a hiccup that can happen in relationships with people who are in medicine is like you might meet this person and like love who they are like think they're a really great person despite their career and i think that's the problem it's like your professional goals like that's part of who i am it's not all of me but it's a big part of me as well and like it kind of comes with the package like understanding it's an intense job it's demanding like the things we see are really heavy the hours we work are long um and you know i might have thoughts about some of that it's like what if we didn't have to work so many hours like what would that look like <laughs> you know um but like as it is that that's part of you know it's like part of the package 
So I think it's really great that you two are able to like understand that as well and not just work around it, but work with it and understand that. And I think that's I think that's one of the beauties of us like meeting so I guess like young relatively and like Mm -hmm. being together for so long is like when we met with met each other, I didn't know I wanted to do genetic counseling. And I think Ali like medical school had always been in the back of your mind, but that early on, like you were still kind of teetering back and forth with like a few different ideas of what you wanted to do. So it's so when we met, it was it was Megan and all Saunders. It wasn't Megan's gonna do genetic counseling, all Saunders gonna do medicine. And I think being together so long, by the time we got to the point where we were both approaching, okay, what's what do we do for grad school? Like what is our career step? We were both again like very respectful of like I understand like this is your passion this is what you want to follow like and I will support that the best I can but this is also my passion and what I want to follow so I was actually the one who had to apply to graduate programs out of state first and I mean we definitely had those conversations of like what 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 do we do what will this look like if things end up being where you have to move pretty far away and I mean that is what ended up happening but I think just going into applications and figuring that out and with the understanding that my partner Alessandro was going to support me no matter where I ended up and same for him because we didn't know if he was going to end up in Durham for medical school he could have gone anywhere and I would have been fully supportive of wherever that path to follow his passion would have led him and I would have gladly moved wherever he is now if that weren't Durham because again like he's committed to supporting me and my passions I'm committed to supporting him and his and wherever that takes us obviously with medicine we may not get to stay in Durham when it comes time for residency and like that's something I know that I have to be okay with and like quite honestly I love like the idea of like we could have a whole nother adventure when it comes to that and like go somewhere new so I think just having all that in mind like growing with each other in that way really helped tackling the long distance as a support of our passions and our careers a lot more easy yeah and we had that conversation actually I think especially when you apply to your graduate programs, because you knew with the match system, it will be very likely that you may have to move out of state. And so uh, I do think it's essential to have that conversation and you should have an understanding again that the other person is doing what's best for them to grow as a person. And to me, I never saw that as, as a challenge or never mm-hmm. tried to, to push against that because I, I that, that would be just very, I think selfish in a way to, to not let the person uh, develop themselves into their passion and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And we had the same conversation actually not that long ago, Megan, for your, when you're considering jobs, Yeah, uh, you had some options that were closer to, to where we would be right now here in Chapel mm-hmm. on Durham, but your passion was in Winston-Salem. And I, and, you know, I said, go for the, the thing that makes you happiest rather than just thinking what, what's easier for us to be next to each other. Um, because I think at the end of the day, you can always have a way to be ending up with each other, but there are opportunities for you to grow as a person along the way, and you should pursue all of them whenever you can. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pursuing those with also like recognizing that I need to put effort in for the relationship. So yes, I chose my passion in Winston-Salem, but I'm also committing to an hour to hour and 15 minute commute every day. And I'm excited to do that because it's going to allow me the best of both worlds, like pursuing my passion in a field of genetic counseling. That is what I'm passionate about, but then also Mm -hmm. able to live at home and be with all Sandra on a day-to-day basis. So it's, it's a give and take. It's following what 
you want to do and following your passions, but also making those sacrifices where, where you reasonably can without like taxing yourself too much. Um, I think that's, that's what's most important is recognizing that there, it goes both ways, like prioritize yourself and your passions, but you also got to prioritize your relationship. And if that's, if that's what's important to you, you have to do what it takes to put that on the front burner as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that was very well said. Like it's, it's all these important pieces of us, you know, and we're, we're trying to figure out how to best fit them together in like a harmonious way. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday, oh, Dylan, I was talking to Dylan yesterday. (laughs) Um, and I was saying, so these past couple of weeks, I've been on a selective child psychiatry because I love children. So I'm thinking like pediatrics probably. And I think psych is really interesting. So child psych was my foray into seeing like, how much do I really like this? And it was really interesting. And I was like, felt so much for the patients and their families, you know, but it was too much for me, I think, like 100% psychiatry. I, I just couldn't not take it home with me, you know? And and it's not that I didn't like it. Like, I would still be excited to go in every day. It's just at the end of each day, I was useless. Like, I was just, I felt so weighed down. Like, I couldn't figure out how to separate, like, my own emotions from what I was seeing every day. Um, and Dylan and I came up with this analogy that, like, rotations or even medicine is, like, eating a piece of cake every day. You know, it's like, I love cake. I would love to eat cake every day. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to eat this cake. But sometimes in medicine, it's like, they just keep giving you more cake. And I'm like, I'd really not have any more. Like, I've had enough. Like, I've had my fill for the day. Like, tomorrow, yes, would love more cake. But tonight, I think I'm good. But sometimes it's like, you don't get that option to just stop. Like, you, it's just more and more and more. Um. So, yeah, like, finding that balance. Like, finding that ability to shut it off and, like, not necessarily be the person you are in your home life or your relationships, but just like find a way to balance it all. So one aspect doesn't completely overwhelm everything else. And I think I found these past couple of weeks that, you know, maybe it was just my first time really seeing a lot of psychiatry and that's what was hard, but maybe I'm just not able to not let it overwhelm the rest of me. Like the past couple of weeks with Dylan, like we try to FaceTime super regularly. I was like, a zombie he'd be like how was your day I was like it was all right and he's like want to talk about it and I'm like no (laughs) you know like that's hard it's hard to sustain a conversation or relationship if it's one part of my life is completely overwhelming another yeah so balance (laughs) definitely and I think Ali you've had days like like that too where we get on the phone and you're and I'm like how was your day like and you're like it was a day I'm like okay that's fine like and that's that's all we have to say. It's you definitely have to understand, especially with being a being the partner to someone in medicine, that there has to be a, a heightened level of understanding of what you all are doing all day, every day, and how taxing it can be, and setting a may, perhaps maybe like a different level of expectations at the end of some days where it's just been harder than others, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important, and, and I I think that's one one great thing that you've understood. Um, about this too, Megan, is there's just some days like me and Anna have been describing where you see so much or you have so much going on that at the end of the day, you just are emotionally exhausted is the best way I can, I can put it. Uh, and not everyone necessarily understands that. Not everyone necessarily understands that you might, you might come home on a day uh, that 
it's not that you don't want to see the person or you don't want to talk to your friends or you're you're not into the conversation that's going on it's just it's been a really long day and i do think that's vital to our relationship especially if you're someone who is in medicine is in the medical field uh, because I don't think that necessarily, I don't know for a fact, but I don't think it goes away over time uh, when we go in our career. And so mm -hmm. I think managing coping strategies or just having people around you that understand that. And that goes for relationships, uh, romantic relationships. It also goes for friendships. Some of my friends, and you, you know this as well, Megan, I had to talk to some of my friends who were very disappointed at times that I was not seeing them as much as mm -hmm. they would have liked me to. And then they started to understand why that is. I may have one free day of the week in internal medicine, and I just need to recover on that free day. Um, and once people around you start to understand that, it makes it makes things a lot easier. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy stuff. Alessandro, do you feel like there's been ways, like kind of in turn, you've needed to support Megan through like her program and career? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Meg, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of, I mean, Meg, Megan's program has been challenging uh, in a lot of what she, she does. She just finished her, her thesis. She's actually going on a, uh, a conference presentation next week uh, and doing the double masters has definitely put you uh, at, a, at a course load that's a little bit higher than your classmates. So I know at times. Yeah. You were you've been you've been stressed out about the coursework that they uh, they had you doing, and also the fact that being there, Megan doesn't have some of the the luxury that I have having a support system here. Mm -hmm. Me, I have my family. I mentioned my the rest of my family is in Italy, but my immediate family, my parents and my sister, are here. So I, in challenging times, I can still go to them as well. Megan has an added challenge in a, in a way in which she's she's very far away from her family. And so I think just being there to have a lot of conversation, like when she's been there for me about challenging days, long days, uh, things she, she's seen with challenging conversations with, with patients or just it's been a really long day with, with school exams, work. Uh, I try to at least uh, always be there for you. For yeah, that. I think that's definitely like when she mentioned that you're still in an area, even though like you're in medical, medical school and like having all of these challenges, you can still kind of go home to your family at the end of the day, even though I'm not there. Me being here in Cleveland, I don't have any family. Like I didn't have anyone. So especially when I was first starting out, it's still getting to know my classmates. We weren't like all super comfortable with each other yet. I definitely relied on Alessandra a lot for that support of like, I am nine hours away from home and this was my first time ever living by myself, let alone any distance away from home. The furthest I ever went was from Durham to Chapel Hill for undergrad and that was 15 minutes. <laughs> so it was, I definitely had a big shock to the system that first year and he definitely was very supportive and like doing anything he can just if that was like staying on the phone with me for a long time while I was just studying and doing my work, like little things here and there, like it was definitely a big supportive role for that. For that aspect of just me not really having anyone else here to go to when I was having a bad day. And I think over time, like as I got really close with my classmates, like we all kind of became our own little family here. My cohort's really small. We were only eight people. So we got wow. really fast. Um, but I mm -hmm. think, but still, 
just not having your family, just being able to have like your partner to just kind of talk to you and support you. And you're like, oh man, like this is a time where I would really need want to go home, but I can't because I can't just drive nine hours or hop on a flight really fast to go home. Um, I think that was definitely one of the most challenging aspects. And my program was certainly challenging. I'm not going to sit here and compare it to medical school because I think you all have many more challenges than I had. But I mean, when I started clinical rotations, I definitely had a lot of really heavy patients that I sometimes needed to debrief with all Sondra. I would come home at the end of the day, like, I just can't talk about this. Like it was, it was too much for mm-hmm. me. Um, so I think like we can, we can relate on that level of like sometimes just the care we have to give and within working in healthcare can kind of tax us in ways that a lot of other people not working in healthcare wouldn't really experience. So it's been good to be able to resonate with each other on that aspect as well. Mm-hmm. And when, especially I think when there were times too, where you were especially, um, having challenges with something uh, really going on. I try to come up whenever I could yeah. <laughs> within the best of my my abilities, hence the 3 a.m. Uh, arrival time. Sometimes yeah. in Cleveland on late night drives, but it was yeah. worth it. Definitely worth it. No, yeah, during my second year, there was a lot of life things going on outside of my control that were definitely affecting me a lot mentally. And even though Ali was in his first year of medical school, like he – he really was my rock during that period when I like really needed someone. Um, and I don't really know what I would have done without you. <laughs> um, so no, that was definitely special. Just like being able to support each other through hard times, even when those hard times happen during a long distance relationship. It, it was definitely like, it was not fun to go through, but it was special in that it allowed me to like see that side of, okay, like even though we're both crazy busy, like during this difficult time, like he's still going to make extra effort when he doesn't have the time for this extra effort to really be there for me. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's, it's wonderful hearing from like both of your perspectives, the way that you've been able to support each other, like through grad programs, through life. Cause that's another thing. It's like the rest of life just doesn't go on pause when we go to grad school. You know, things keep happening and we we still like somehow have to find the bandwidth to deal with all of that. Um, so I guess it's just a testament to you two, to your ability to to navigate all of those challenges and um, yeah, be here now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we are coming closer to the end of an interview so is are there any like other things that you want to share or um i guess other tidbits or stories you think others should know i think there is one more thing that i would mention that might be helpful for people especially in this is for any relationship probably but uh uh long-term relationships is that i think one thing that we found over time is is helpful to a healthy relationship is also understanding that you can have and you should try to have different interests at time is the best way I would put it. So even though me and Megan have so many friends in common, so many activities and things that we do together, uh, I think it's it's important to still try and develop things that you can do for yourself and grow individually as well to then be better again as a as a as a couple i would say what do you think about that yeah i would agree with that i think something we're talking about earlier brought this to my mind when you're like when you're in rotations or even during your clinic your like academic years 
you may only have like one or two days a week off where you can see people. And when you're in a long-term relationship, like, yeah, you, it's, it's harder to like, you want to delegate that time to your partner. But like when you're home for good, I think it's, it's important to have an understanding that those one or two days, like you should divvy those up, like have time with your partner, but also recognize that your partner needs to go spend time with their friends that they're not getting to see or with their family, they're not getting to spend time with. And just, I feel, I think that can be hard sometimes. And I think I've definitely been like, not victim of that, but I've like been at fault for being like, oh my God, I want you to spend, like, we don't have any time together, but it's Mm -hmm. realizing that you have such limited time and that this really has to be delegated in the best way possible to try to not make everyone happy, but make yourself happy. Like you want to see your friends, you want to spend time with me, you want to spend time with your family. And some weeks that logistically just can't happen. And I think just giving that grace to your partner and understanding that and like having that room kind of going off of like having your own interest outside of the relationship, I think is another really big thing for long-term relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and especially with long distance ones, because sometimes I feel like it's, at least for like me and Dylan, it's easy to fall into the trap of like, basically always wanting to be on call for your partner since you don't ever see them. So like Friday, Saturday night, like you might be invited out to plans, but you might say, no, I'm, I'm going to stick around and, like, FaceTime my partner. Which, like, yes, absolutely do that, too. But if you fall into the cycle of only doing that, you start to realize that you're not actually, like, making new friends or, like, exactly. you know, spending time with your family or doing all these other outside things. So I feel like it's one thing Dylan and I have had to, like, actively work towards is say, like, okay, Saturday night is going to be the night he and I FaceTime and talk and watch a movie, but Friday night, it's like, we're each doing our own thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, if we get home at a time where we can FaceTime, great. But if not, like no sweat. Yeah. And I will agree. I think that's definitely been one of our challenges, especially as like medical school has gotten busier and busier. And I think honestly, to be quite frank, like more of a challenge for me, I think I tend to definitely be the person to be like, oh, I just want to spend as much time with you as I can because we just don't have it. But I think like mm-hmm. really working on that understanding is something that I've personally had to like grow and like work on continually just because I don't know, I can be a little selfish sometimes. <laughs> definitely working on that. But it's it's important to recognize and I've appreciated having that growth and like being in the place now where we do work towards like having those separate interests and separate activities outside of each other. Cause then it just, once you come back home to each other, it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Like let's, let's hang out now, you know? So I can definitely agree. Mm-hmm. You have more to update them on too. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing that both of you and for, for being vulnerable with me and and the listeners. So it's something I feel like we've talked about this type of stuff throughout the entire episode, but it's time for the differential diagnosis. Um, So I know you've like given a lot of like your insights and advice, but if I guess you could each summarize it to like one or two key takeaways you've had from this relationship what would it be? I'm going to let you go first, Alessandro. I got to think about it. You want to think about it? I'll just, okay. (laughs) The unplanned answer then. Here you go. Uh, My, uh, I'd say my takeaways, there's a lot. I've learned a lot over the years, um, thankfully. Uh, But I would say first and foremost is to understand that you should be supportive of your partner's growth as a person. I think independent of 
long distance, being with the person, living with them, uh, you should still be someone that even if those decisions that they pursue at time happen to be challenging to perhaps spending time together or doing things together, you should always be supportive of that person's uh, goals and growth in life. Uh, I would also say that having dedicated time for each other is very, very important. Uh, it seems a little bit trivial at times, maybe even when you start a relationship to think, oh, well, you know, like we'll just hang out when we hang out. And that works absolutely up to a certain point. Uh, but I do think it's important to try and, and schedule those times out in a way so that you can make sure, especially in a busy uh, life, like the life in medicine or anyone who works, you know, a very busy job, school, to try and have those designated times to still spend time together. Um, and third, I would say, and this is something we just talked about, to still make sure that both people pursue their individual interests I, and, and friend groups and life passions, hobbies. Uh, having those, I think, actually makes a relationship stronger because then you grow as a person and then you can actually take that into the relationship rather than perhaps only doing the same things together. Um, which also doesn't ha leave you with as much to talk about then at the end of the day, if this is the same thing that you're doing together every day. Uh, so I'd say those are three main uh, takeaways that I would say. Yeah. I like those. Yeah. Have. <laughs> I think following from your point on growth for me, it's embracing the changes that come with each stage of a relationship. Obviously, like we were both, I was, tw I was 20 and Alessandra was 21 when we met. So in the past six years, like Ali mentioned, like we've had a lot of growth, a lot of changes. And I think not being afraid of the change that comes with each different life stage, but like being excited for it and being like ready to enjoy embracing that change with your partner, no matter what that change might bring. Like, cause sometimes they can be a bit scary, like realizing, oh man, we've been together in the same place for four years. And now suddenly you're going to be moving away for two and a half years is it can be jarring, but I think looking looking at the changes more so as the next adventure in a relationship and being like oh we're gonna take on this change is an exciting thing it's gonna be new things for both of us to experience like for example all saunders really enjoyed being able to come visit cleveland like we've both fallen in love with this city yeah. not just me so i think having that was just like another level of support is that he embraced my change just as much as I had to embrace my own change and his changes. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just, that allowed us just even to grow even more from those. And I think my second big takeaway is that the little things really matter. I think we talked a lot about throughout this about how putting in the effort for the little things of like making sure you have good communication, even when you don't have time or the minute details of supporting each other from day to day, the little things add up to the big things at the end of the day. So I think just taking the time to put in those small doses of effort, whatever that might look like for your relationship, it's different for everyone. I think those ultimately add up to make a really, really big difference. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, everything both of you just said was so beautiful and <laughs> I completely agree with it all. That's, that's really good like advice. And you can tell, I can tell you both like thought about it a lot and like, I really love this. So just a couple of years. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I've known him just a little bit of time. <laughs> 
Well, thank you both so much for being on. It's been a pleasure hearing from you and, and I'm sure the listeners will, will love this, this dual perspective as well. It's I really hope great. so. Thank you so much for having this. This was so fun. Yeah. yeah thanks a lot. This is, I think this is, this is great. So thank yeah. you so much for having us. <laughs>